today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Harvey Levin here. Jason Beckerman. Derek. Eric. Mm, Derek, Eric. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, all roads lead to Kim Kardashian. She is a Helen of Troy, the <laughs> modern version. Um, because we are going to talk about Pete Davidson. We're going to talk about Kanye West. We're going to talk about Julia. And they all have connections in some ways to Kim Kardashian. So we're going to start with, I want to start with Pete Davidson because he he's showed up. He's got the biggest connection. Well, he's got the biggest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got the direct connection yeah. right now. Well, I think the biggest, biggest is the right word. So he was at the LA Kings game last night wearing Kings regalia, which is interesting because Pete Davidson is New York through and through. He's a Staten Island guy. He was in a movie called The King of Staten Island. He is an SNL regular. He leans into New Yorkness a lot. He goes to a lot of Knicks games. You'll see him on, on the sidelines. But now he's ensconced himself in this L.A. celebrity life. He's at a Kings game up against the glass with his boys, decked out in L.A. Kings gear, which is blasphemous if you're a, a New Yorker. You know, you're a hmm. Rangers fan usually. Why would that be? He has taken it on full stride, right? He is now Kim Kardashian's boyfriend, and he she is L.A. She goes to every sporting event in L.A., and he is now fully L.A. But that LA means guy. he's the tail, and she's the dog. Well, is that a, is that a question? I guess not. But, yeah. <laughs> but she is wagging away. Yeah. yeah. No, One he, time, Kim Kardashian is not the tail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's fully comfortable being the tail. It's wild. Why wouldn't you be? I mean, and, and he honestly, funny to be such a New York guy, he, it, this seems like a fit. Like, he seems like kind of that L.A. guy with, like, his tats and his bleached hair and, like, yeah. hanging out with his boys. Like, he could be an L.A. dude. Now, here's what I think might be interesting is I think there could be some backlash about his authenticity. If he leans too hard into this celebrity L.A. thing, part of Pete Davidson's appeal is that he is stuck close to the Staten Island roots and he's not a sellout and all this stuff. And now he's dating Kim Kardashian. He just goes full bore into being an LA guy. I'm not sure that's good for his No, I, I think he gets the pass because people in LA don't care about authenticity. That's not a big concern. People New in New York are like, they do, but it's like, eh, it's Kim Kardashian. <laughs> like, you know, like, you <laughs> we get, get it. it. You we get, get it. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, mean, I do have a question. So what are the, because what are the consequences for him, I agree with you. It's not about an L.A. thing. It's about a New York thing. Yes. That he's so identified with New York, but he's also a national celebrity. So does it matter or is there something about being that kind of New York guy that's going to be problematic for him? I think he's going to lose part of it. I mean, I, because because Staten Island is associated with very few people. You've got the Wu Tang Clan, and you got Pete Davidson. <laughs> That's basically it. And the Wu Tang Clan has stuck very close to it. They're also national celebrities, but if you talk to Method Man or you talk to any of those guys, they're Staten Island guys but, through and through. But Pete Davidson has been very open about wanting to leave SNL at some point. Like he's not happy there. He talks about that all the time. When he leaves that, he's going to make movies and he's going to do it in LA. I, I wonder if yeah. he's less unhappy now that he's become the star of SNL because before. Remember, he didn't have that many roles. Now, everybody wants to see Pete Davidson in the show. He's also the draw. He's got leverage. He can do what he wants to do, which is very... He, he's in a very short periods of time. You know, he's only on for a few minutes a week. I think he's got it exactly where he wants. And we've talked about this ad nauseum, but there's nobody in our TMZ lifetimes who has ever had quite the come up that Pete Davidson has had. You can claim all the lack of authenticity you want if you're a New Yorker. The proof is in the pudding. He is all, all of a sudden, what, you know, a year and a half ago, he was the strange guy who somehow married Ariana Grande or got engaged to Ariana <laughs> yes. Grande. Now he is one of the biggest stars in the world. So you can criticize the methods, but the results are unimpeachable. Well, he, he needs something to back it up, though. He's a big star because of Dating Kim, but he needs a hit movie. He needs a huge comedy special. There's got to be something career-wise to back that up. Otherwise, I, gotta, I, he, I don't think he wants to be famous just for dating people. I, yeah. I, I got to say, speaking of, 
How do you think, I mean, just think about Kim Kardashian. You know, I, I understand that, you know, her family owned this store and blah, 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 about whatever. But she was a clerk at a, yes. at a, at a retail store. Now she makes movie stars. She's <laughs> yeah. a star maker. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable. It, it, she was initially attached to Paris Hilton to become famous, and now she is the, the kingmaker. You're, you're right. It's, it's a wild it's She was literally it's attached wild. to Paris Hilton. The first time yes. we saw her was walking in on Paris' Literally attached. Yeah. I've said it before and gotten criticism for it. She's the most, other than presidents and popes, the most famous person in the world. And I, I just, I, I think it's hard to argue with that. Everybody, Everybody knows, knows her. Who she Everybody. Is. Everybody knows who she is, even though it's hard to define who she and is. And has an opinion about her. Yeah. Either you love right. her or you hate her, but nobody's like, bleh. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. This sounds just insane. And I think I know the answer. But if you did a poll, an international poll about who do you know more, who, who do you recognize more? Kim Kardashian or Jill Biden? Jill Biden? Oh, oh, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian by a country mile. I think the four yeah. of us at this that's, table would pick Kim Kardashian. Joe, Joe Biden would pick Kim <laughs> or Jill. <laughs> 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 that's not a question. He's probably got a picture of Kim in his yeah. wallet. <laughs> I thought it was you, Jill. Just comes up behind you. Uh, okay. Oh, you'd soon learn. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Eric, that's the best. Uh, okay. Uh, let's now go to Kanye West, um, who is dating Julia Fox, and there are a lot of people who think, okay, that's fantastic, he's moved on, and there are other people who think he didn't move on at all, he is trying to send messages to Kim Kardashian. Yeah, he's building a doll. He's building a Kim Kim 2.0. Well, yeah. That's unfair seemed, to put. I don't now. know that that's that unfair. No, I think it's right on the nose. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I mean, uh, what is he doing, Harvey? Okay, so Julia gave an interview uh, to... Um, Interview magazine. And um, she is talking about just Kanye West being the best boyfriend ever, right? They've had two dates in less than a week. And he took her to a play, to dinner where he staged a, a photo shoot, then took her back to the hotel where he had a whole suite of clothes set out for her, and or suit of clothes, and had a whole dress-up thing. And then they rolled around and made out on the floor which sounds like fun and spontaneous, except there are pictures of it. <laughs> yeah. And they're not photoshoots to go with the yeah, dating. So he brought a camera crew with him from the restaurant to the hotel and photographed making out on their second date. <laughs> that's weird. This and that's what she's talking and she about. And she goes, oh, it's like Cinderella. It's every girl's dream come true. Do you, do you think, honestly, he produces an agenda, like a one-pager that he hands to her at the beginning of everything? Here's what's going to happen. We're going to, you're going to walk in. There's going to be cameras there. There's going to be Balenciaga laid on in the bed. You're going to slowly get dressed, but then I'm going to walk in, and then they're going to film us rolling around on the floor for a while. Yeah. It almost I, seems completely scripted. But I don't think what you're saying is specific to Kanye or even the Kardashians at this point. I think that is the nature of celebrity these days, which is wow. that you chronicle everything. Oh, that's that, not even celebrities. Normal people. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's Charlie Neff. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, I no, have no, lots no. of friends. I know what they had for dinner. I know what they what they watched on but, TV. But, but, but I guess this is the, different. It's the pre-planning that this seems all pre-planned. It right. does not seem to be, hey, we're just going to film whatever happens to ha happens to happen. It's here's what's going to happen. We're going to film it. And we're almost producing a television show or we're producing content at every but, every stage. But does that seem like the start of a real relationship? I look at Kim and, and Pete. They seem like they're starting a relationship. They're getting to know each other. They go on vacation. Yes, we get we get shots of them as well. But what K Kanye did is like Pretty Woman. It's like out of a movie, laying yeah. clothes on the bed, rolling around in photo shoots. That doesn't seem to me like the start of a relationship. That seems to me like he's trying to play the game of I'm, I've, I've yes, well, you know. Then yes. he wants her to know. I've got he wants her to well. see it. He wants to make her jealous. Yes. It, it seems like it's still all about Kim. Well, like, like when Kim went with Pete, the first time we saw them was when they went to the movie theater in Staten Island. There are pictures because 
she's Kim Kardashian. There's going to be pictures, but she didn't bring a camera crew. She didn't go to a very public, famous place. Kanye brought a camera crew with him to document and post. And how is she already doing interviews with magazines about somebody she's dated for a week? Wow. So what you're saying is Kim Kardashian leads kind of a candid private life. (laughs) No. No. Wow. But compared to this, she didn't bring a crew with her. She is a shrinking violet who likes to stay in the background. And when the cameras got her, she's like, oh, no. But but, but still, the cameras are going to find her. Because yes. she is no, who no, she no. is. Your yeah. point is and it would happen right. with Kanye, too, except not in the hotel room while right. they're making out. So right. why is Julia going along for the ride? I guess the obvious answer because is Because now we Kanye know her name. West. Well, but, she, but, but well, do you need a second answer when, when you're this much of a pawn in a game where it feels like you are just being used to, to shove in Kim Kardashian's face, We just face, talked about the, the that? come up that Pete Davidson had from dating yeah. Kim. Julia Fox wants that. Now we know she's not just the girl from Uncut Gems anymore. Well, she's but, but this is so but, gross. But, but, this but, is so but, instrumental using people in these. Derek, movies. I'm surprised you're saying this. Because, <laughs> yeah, because you know they. Well, first of all, I don't know. This could be real with them too. I mean, sure. I'm, I I absolutely think this could be real. I mean, she's this beautiful, incredible actress, and and yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's in true. the sense so of what it, is it, real. It, yeah. it could totally yeah. be real. But the fact that you're saying if it's not, how could this be? Look at the history of Hollywood. This was managed this way in Hollywood where they would pair people together for decades. So I don't know why you're thinking this is so surprising. You're right. I guess it's as old as Hollywood, right? I mean, Robert Pattinson and and Kristen Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> like, but like every yeah. you know, people do movies together. It was Andrew I, it, Garfield and Emma Stone I, dated. I think all what's, of them. what might be slightly different here is that Kanye is the A list of the A list. He's the, one of the most biggest stars in the world. And he seems to be specifically coordinating this and and curating it and and turning it into yes. what it is. Yes, this is not Louis B. Mayer saying, "Hey, right. Judy Garland, date date Mickey Rooney," and you don't know whether they're in on it. <laughs> right. This is Kanye well, West. Well, right, but the difference. But yeah, he is the he is no, the no, orchestrator. No. But, right. but, but the choreographer of his the, own dance. The difference is that it, it, you know actors were just actors before. Now they have brands, and when you have a brand, it's like you're the studio head because you're the head of your own brand. And that's why I think it's different and that Kanye, in a way, is like Louis B. Mayer because he's managing his own brand. And I think yeah. a lot of stars do that right now. Yeah. I, boy. Wow. He's got We've a weird a way, way of branding, his, uh, making his own brand. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. He is creating everything that surrounds him. He is creating a, a motion picture that we're watching in real time. It's just. I think you're right. What's like, the I, Jim Carrey movie? Oh, uh, Truman Show. Show. It's Truman Show. Yes. But, but, Except yes. he's the director. Yeah. Yes. Right. right, he, right. He's, <laughs> I'm the director. I'm the star. I'm doing the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Actually, it sounds exactly like that's Kanye. Kanye. Yeah. yeah. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, and Walmart, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Let's move to, I want to do a dual thing here. Antonio Brown and uh, Novak Djokovic. I, oh, I thought we were going to be dueling. <laughs> no, right. no, 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 right. no. Could Two turn things. into that. <laughs> um, and so Antonio Brown, um, it turns out right before the episode where he ran off the field, uh, he interacted with a fan who wanted a certain type of autograph. Yeah. Signing his vaccine card. That is so loaded. And 
he did it. He did it. And it's like, you know, when you start looking at what's going on right now, I mean, it is aggressively anti-vax, mocking it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just aggressive. Well, it comes directly. And Djokovic, too. Yeah. Well, obviously, the Antonio Brown situation comes directly on the heels of him being suspended for three weeks for submitting a fake vaccine card. He had doctored a vaccine card. He hadn't been vaccinated. And instead, he presented one to the NFL showing that he had been, which gets him out of all uh, all the COVID protocols. And then he meets a fan on the field who asks for an autograph, and he gleefully signs this person's uh, vax card, which is thumbing his nose at the NFL, thumbing his nose at uh, Roger Goodell. And then at the same time, you have Novak Djokovic down in Australia thumbing his nose at Australian authorities by – what did he do? Did he concoct a medical rationale for We we don't know. Nobody's saying – but I think the bigger thing is who gave him this waiver? Yeah. Who gave him this well, waiver? Antonio the, Brown. He signed it. Yeah. <laughs> the Australian Open did. But what did they submit well, we to know, the Australian we, we Open? We know their motivation in that, yeah, right? Yeah, to have him there. Yeah. Right? yeah. He's, he's big the number money. one star. He's and he's defending money. the title. Yeah. So yeah. what is it? And that's what is so weird. This is now beyond Djokovic. Yeah. Now it's about how seriously are big organizations like Australia I mean, yeah. organization. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get bigger organization yeah. than a country. I yeah. mean, but but it's the, Australia, though. But, yeah, the, but the prime minister is outraged at this, yeah. and I just think the tennis association, just the fact that they've given him this, because he has really been anti-vax. You, I mean, it's a fair question to say. Uh, you know, uh, I guess you can look at it two ways. One is, look, it's nobody's business what his medical issue is that prevents him from doing it, and then the other side of it is, but wait a minute. I mean, the guy's been anti-vax. It just seems like there's something up here, and nobody's saying what it is. Right. It seems. It seems if you look at it logically that the Australian Open wanted him there, and so he presented whatever claim he self-attested to the fact that he had a medical condition which prevented him from being vaxxed. That was good enough for them. Politically, it got a little entangled, and so the prime minister comes out and says, "No, no, no. We're going to look at the medical evidence to say if it, whether whether it actually supports the waiver." And he either didn't present that, refused to present it, or when he did present it, it just didn't uh, stand up to but it. But at the t- at the time we're doing this right now, it looks like he's going to be booted from the country. Yeah, yeah, not going to play in the Australian Open over. Australia this. doesn't mess around. They, Australia they, doesn't mess they around. Don't. Yeah, America, on the other hand. <laughs> I mean, right. we are not handling it the way they are. I no. completely agree. Would he play in the U.S. Open? I think absolutely, right? I mean, I, I, I think the Australian prime minister has drawn such a firm line. In America, when these practicalities come up against the public health concerns, there's a little yield. There's a little bit. A little it bit. Is, like Kyrie is, Irving is now playing again. Yeah, you know? but, but he is, but he's not playing on, in New York. Right? Games, and that's, right. that's the difference we have at state by state. Because If it was the U.S. Open, that was the example we gave. That's also played in New York. I don't know that you would. I mean, but, it's outside. But, but, it's but, but Jason, the, what's interesting about that is with Aaron Rodgers, who didn't get the vaccine, he said it was because he was allergic. And people said, OK. So I, I don't know that they would just say, OK, in Australia. We're saying, OK, here. And yeah. I'm not saying we shouldn't say, OK. I'm yeah. just saying we handle it differently. Yeah. And yeah. It's also that it was the Australian prime minister who came out and said something. Could you imagine the pre- any president getting involved over an athlete performing in a oh. competition? Oh, like oh, that? I, I could imagine a, a previous president. A prior president. One passed. No, yeah. the, I mean, like to make an official statement, like you're not allowed in the country because of blah blah blah. Like you couldn't imagine that with Donald on, Trump. No, Trump would try and get yeah. like a, a tweet about it or something. But for the president to be like, no, I'm going to interfere in this and prevent this from happening for the safety of the country. I can't see the, any American president officially wow. getting involved to you know, stop an athlete. You know who would do it? I think uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. 
I, you know, I think yeah. he would probably do it. These, I have to say, Canada and Australia are smaller and more easily governable in these kinds of situations. There's more of a consistency of thought. I mean, not to say that there are not, uh, you know, voices, contrary voices throughout those countries, obviously incredibly intelligent sure. population, whatever. But we have 350 million people here and we are... You deeply know, divided, deeply 50, 50 divided. Yes. Yeah, and it's just it's a it's a harder thing to accomplish yeah. here. Yeah. Okay, so uh, two other quick things. Um, one is I, I don't want to make this necessarily quick because it's important. Um, so yesterday was the one year anniversary of the insurrection. We had Adam Kinzinger on TMZ Live and asked him about something that I think is not getting enough attention. Um, you know, everybody is talking about the stakes in 2024, and it's certainly something we should be talking about. But I, I think you've got to get specific. What if, just, you know, I mean, the irony to this is Donald Trump was has falsely been saying, you know, that he, the election was stolen from him. We know that's not the case. The irony to it is, is that he and his, you know, people are have set this thing up with secretaries of state, you know, trying to get certain secretaries of state elected all over the country, changing state legislatures, so that... If he runs in 2024, he could steal the election because they will just say he won even if he lost. And th that, to me, could be the turning point of democracy. Sounds like the death of democracy. It, yeah. It's the I end mean, of America. If, I mean, if, if you can steal an election in the United States by implanting your own cronies as, as secretaries of state to disavow what happens in the uh, in the vote, that's, and that's if no can, longer democracy. And if he I mean, can if he can get away with it, yeah. what does that say about the future of this country? That's what we asked Adam Kinzinger. Um, here's what he said. I'm, yeah, I'm, re I'm really worried. You know, it's really easy to show up and vote for a presidential election. There is importance in showing up and voting in midterms, in voting in local elections, which we're all not great at voting in, you know, like mayor's elections. But all of those is where they're targeting now, people that vote count, that certify, secretaries of state, which usually get no attention. I would encourage everybody to be focused on that. That's one of the things with my Country First movement, country1st.com, we're focused on is not just congressional races. Yeah, those are, those are important. But the down-ballot races where the real bulwark of democracy lies. Nobody imagined, I never certainly imagined, that what we took for granted, which is just how the law functions, could actually be a threat. But it really is. So, you know, I should say it's Congressman Adam Kinzinger. I was Republic, Republican Congressman. Republican yes. Congressman. Right, right, right. Who was, it was interesting because when I watched yesterday, the only two Republicans on the floor uh, of the House were Liz Cheney and her dad, Dick Cheney. And I wondered, where's Adam Kinzinger? And this is after we did the interview with him, <laughs> found out that he would have been there. He's about to have a baby. Ah. <laughs> so that's why he wasn't there. Uh, but- I got to say, it is that to me, those are the stakes. That's what we should be talking and about. And what here's what's terrifying to me is those midterm numbers, the vo the voting uh, turnout for elections of secretaries of state and and sort of down ballot positions are always very low. So it's not only that democracy could die; it's that people don't really care enough. He he's laying out a roadmap to turn out and vote on these things. My guess is that people won't. The numbers will be very low, and Trump will actually put in place a lot of people that he likes. And it'll just happen. It's not as if we don't see the the, the peril coming, right? Yeah, it's it's terrifying, obviously, uh, for democracy for our country. It, I, it, it is really terrifying because it, I, but who I cares? Think, How do you mobilize and, and whether people it's, to care? You know, some people don't care because it's the party they like, or you know, people who yeah. want Trump back in. That's right. That's that's irrelevant because it's not always going to be that. Right. And 
you know, yeah, then right. they can just install whoever they want. And those people are motivated to go pull off the trickery, but, you know, right? They want to go vote and put in the people. You're that saying, like, the yeah, and, and like the down ballot elections, it usually turn out significantly lower than presidential. But we have seen, and this is one thing you have to give Trump, people got more involved. I mean, record turnout, even like on these smaller elections, people now are paying more attention and, and following what's happening. And we'll see what happens with it. But I mean, you know, Trump has what this in 2020 had the second highest popular vote ever. Right. It wasn't yeah. as much as Biden, but still it shows that's how many people got motivated to get out and vote. Well, it was also a presidential election. And I think the point is, is that without a presidential election, it's hard to inspire people. And, and yeah, I mean, the reality is secretaries of state could hold the future of democracy in their hands. It's hard to understand that because most people don't understand what a secretary of state does. Right. And that's the problem here is that they are holding democracy in their hands right now. This is a really serious thing we should be thinking about. It is. And and beyond just the end of democracy, you know, our, our whole system falling apart, it could literally be the end of America because it's not hard to imagine that if, you know, 2024 Trump loses but is installed as president, a lot of states are going to secede. Like, I think that could actually happen. It's like... oh. You don't you don't think like California and certain states would be like, nope, this well, is not our country anymore. We're what done. an uplifting note, Eric. Well, I mean, it, it's the not, true. Or, don't, I mean, don't it's not even the secession. Saying. It would be the violence that would result as a uh, in oh, the, the event of the coup d'etat. That's yeah, you know, and then the secession. The country later falls on, apart, and the country falls apart. I, I mean, it, we, we, you hate to be too alarmist because it seems like it's impossible this could happen in this day and age when we're so sophisticated. But January sixth seemed impossible, but January sixth seemed impossible. It doesn't. It seems less and less impossible. All the time. The only thing I would say is it would be the counter coup d'état because the the uh, in, installing him if he loses the is the first coup d'état. <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, that's right. The counter it's coup. It's the two d'état. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Day two d'état. It is frightening. Um, okay, we just gotta like hats off to Sidney Portier. He died, and um, boy, <laughs> I'm just thinking. I'm old enough. Growing up, 1967 was the most incredible year for Sidney Poitier watching this, and it didn't even occur to me that, you know, look at these movies that came out. I mean, To Sir With Love, In the Heat of the Night, Mr. Tibbs, all 1967. Guess who's coming to dinner. Guess who's coming yeah. to dinner. I mean, it was when Hollywood turned from old Hollywood stuffy to kind of new Hollywood. These movies stand up. They deal Guess with modern issues. Guess who's coming to dinner yeah. Yeah. completely dovetails with the civil rights movement, and he was such a civil rights activist. It was the first great movie I ever saw, the first movie I ever loved, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. It impacted me from the way I watched cinema and what I, how I appreciated actors and he was one of the all-time greats. And in that movie, if anybody hasn't seen it, I, I, I can't encourage you enough. It is... I think a, one of the most brilliant movies ever made from beginning to end, and his performance is, is and, the and shining light of it. Also, let's not forget, you know, years before that, 1963, he was the first black man to win an, an Academy Award for Best Actor. And right. I mean, that's, you know, before... It was unthinkable you know, before. 1963, yeah. like, the, the civil rights movement was just really, like, you know, in full swing then, and he won Best Actor and was the last one for decades. Yeah, I mean, I, it, if there's one word... It's elegant. Yes. That's what we live in a world of Logan Pauls and Jake Pauls. And he was so <laughs> honestly, it, it's like he was a man from another era and he was so dignified throughout his life. I mean, we've gotten him all the time out and he always carried himself, you know, stiff backed, walked upright, very respectful all the time. And it's a it's a lost sort of art. The man in the graphic tee respecting the well-dressed. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm part of the new problem. Yeah. You, you are. are. You are. Okay, guys, I have a good weekend. We will see you Monday.